You've been kind of living in the cave since you were 14. That was the only point that I'll take. Everything else I'll ignore. It's kind of like what Batman had. Yeah. yeah. But better. <laughs> but better. Way better. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Leadership Decanted, where we engage with the latest thinking on all things leadership, and we keep the conversation going over a nice bottle of wine. Paul, what is going on? KG, Happy New Year. It is great to be back. 2024. Can we say that? Date ourselves? Yeah, I don't we can know. date we can. ourselves. Okay. That's okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, this good. is this will nevertheless be a perennial evergreen episode. Forever. Yes, yeah. it will be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the one that is going to change the way we do things a little bit because this is going to be a bit of a different episode, it but will it's going to be. be great. It's always good to have. And I'm very excited. This is a very exciting episode. I am super excited. If listeners could see where we are. Yes. If we could paint a picture. Would you like to paint a picture, KG? Ooh, I'm not as good as you. Yes, uh, you are. But I am thinking this is dark, mysterious. Mm. Um, it feels like uh, it feels like a cellar. It feels <laughs> like a cellar. <laughs> and, and you know why, right? <laughs> why is that? Pretty much because it is, <laughs> really. It is. <laughs> We're in a nice a cave. I call it a cave. It's a nice bricked cave. It's cool. Yes, it's and nice. And we are surrounded by bottles of wine. Surrounded. Many wines that I have no idea what they are, but you know, we might be able to ask our guest today what some of these are. Yeah, yeah. And and why are we in this place? Because we are the luckiest guys ever. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> this is true. This is yeah. true. So it's because, you know, people have heard uh, of us talk about Annandale Cellars yes. for a few months now because yeah. they were so generous in gifting us wine for each main episode. Yes, and our guests have enjoyed them. We've enjoyed well, we've them. We've enjoyed them big time. And we thought, why don't we get our listeners to you know, get to know our sponsor. Yes. And also to get a little bit of a background, a bit of context, know his journey and taste a bit of wine. Yay. <laughs> In the hands of someone who actually knows what yes. they're talking about. And when he describes it, now, yeah. Paul, oh, I'm going to have to I'm say. I'm taking notes. Yeah, you're I'm good. taking notes, yeah. I'm telling you. Because I've heard him describe wine before, and it's like, wow. Wow, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, listeners, we want to introduce our wonderful, wonderful sponsor, Chris Loth, from Annandale Cellars. Chris, Chris, welcome. It's great to have you. It's great to be in your... In your space. What do you call the space? What do yeah, you call what do you this? Call what is, what is Thanks, the guys. cool words that I should be saying? <laughs> this is a this is a cave. This yeah. is a wine cave. Oh no. Nice. A wine cave. Yeah, I like nice. that. that that's, it's that's kinda good. like what Batman had. Ooh. Yeah. But better. But better. <laughs> Way better. Yeah. Yeah, this boring car. We've got some wine. Yes. Lots of it. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Look, you can't um, survive on a car, yeah, but you can survive you can, on wine. You can. I think. So, <laughs> I mean, first and foremost, we just want to welcome you to the show. We want to also thank you for your generosity and yeah, willing to take a bit of a punt on a couple of guys who are just running this podcast. And yeah, it's been a great learning experience for us. It has been. And it's been wonderful to uh, get to know you a little bit and Peter uh, as well. And the wines that you have provided have been just astounding. And we want to thank you. Thank you publicly. Yes. generously for yes. for what you've done. It's been great. 
as as the uh, closing lines of Casablanca, this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. my pleasure, boys. Tear. My yeah. pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> well, like we said earlier, we'd really like to get a handle on you know who is Chris, what do you do, what do you love about what you do. What are some of the challenges and, and what are you planning? What are you, some of your big plans that you have both for your winery, your wine, and maybe the shop? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do know, I'm looking, I don't know, but I'm looking, there is a bottle just, just by Chris's feet there. Part of the process. <laughs> we must taste. Um, <laughs> so while we're waiting, Chris is actually, oh, he's just about to pop the cork. Allendale Cellars. Acellers.com.au. That's a c e l a r s dot com dot au. Yes, and you can order online. You which is can. Great. Here we go. Oh, nice, okay. nice, nice. That, that that sounds promising already. Yes. So, Chris, what is it that you are so generously sharing with us today? Uh, today, I'm sharing with you guys a bottle of my own wine. Awesome. Yes. Um, so this particular wine is called Clo, so that's my label, mm. um, and it comes from Orange uh, in New South Wales. Very nice. And it's made from 100% Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Now, I think you guys probably know that I've got a fair fascination with the Jura yeah. in France. <laughs> yes, you told us. It's been a bit of time. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this wine is, is my, I guess, rendition yeah. on mm. uh, the wines from there or inspiration. So two questions on that. Mm. Where, if people were to point or look for the Jura on a map, where would it be? Yep. And what is it, what are the characteristics of that wine that really kind of, that mm. resonate for you? Yeah, so on a map, it's pretty close to Switzerland, but it's in France. Okay, right. wow. Eastern France. Right. Close to the border with Switzerland at the base of the Alps there. That's the Jura, so that's the mountain it's a J-U-R-A. For, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yep. Right. So like the word Jurassic from ah, you know, the period, yes. uh, that comes from that region because that's where a lot of the fossils were found. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Now we know. Yeah. Wow. Fun fact. <laughs> Is that part of the terrain? Bit of dinosaur? I mean, a little bit. Sprinkle a little bit of dinosaur on this, te- on this soil. Yeah. Oh, love it. And what is it about the wine itself that, that really kind of fascinates you? Yeah, so, I mean, the history of it, I think is a is a big part. Like it's a, a region that's been around for a long time, and it's I don't know steeped in tradition for a large part of it. And then there's a whole new wave of producers coming through as well, which are kind of mixing things up. So making things new and fresh again. Right? Yeah. So, oh, okay. um, but I think the thing that's really special about Jura is nature and the right. place. You know, there's forests, trees, hills, mountains, um, the soil. Everything that makes up Jura is quite unique and you don't see it in many other parts of the world. Mm, And then that transcends into the wines. So, you know, biology, yeast, bacteria, all of those things that are working in the wines to make them also make them unique. That's where sort of Jura sits. And, I mean, I can go into it for days. but um, Sure, I'd be careful because I might make you. (laughs) How did you discover um, this, you know, what, what was was it a family trip? Was it you just um, traveling one one time? Yeah, it was growing up in this shop. 
Oh yeah, um, right. You grew up here. Yeah, pretty much. So hopefully not in, the, not in the cave. Not in the cave. Yeah, 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 it's okay. also my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Although, hey, there could be worse places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of the naughty corner. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So from the age of fourteen, my parents bought the shop. Okay. And so yeah, you know, spending after school hours, holidays, just working in the trenches. Not serving people. Wow. Um, <laughs> in case any, any anyone is yeah. uh, listening that uh, yes. <laughs> any regulatory authorities. Whatever it is, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know my full name yet. Yeah, 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 that's right. good. That's good. We'll leave that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I grew up here and so I got like a very early exposure to wines of the world mm. and Jura was one of those places from the get-go that, that really stuck with me. And then from there, I went down a winemaking path as well as running this shop. And yeah, I went went to Jura and visited, fell in love with the place even more. Yeah. Since then, I've done a vintage there, so I've worked for somebody else to make make wine and help them. And I've even got some plans in the down low, right? To, uh, which you guys don't even know about yet. <laughs> no. Um, How to, much are you, are you willing to share? I, I mean, I can share the the, the dream. Yes. Um, whether it becomes a reality, that's what I'm, I'm working towards at the moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. Do you want me to share now? Yeah, please. please <laughs> well, why, let's let's skip straight there. Why don't we do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this year, um, like I've always wanted to go over there and actually spend a significant amount of time. Mm. Yeah. In the past, it's been a month, a month and a half. The idea would be to go over uh, in September this year for 12 months. Wow. Um, and live there, work there full time. While still <laughs> running, maintain yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. Thank, thank God for internet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> thank God for internet. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. The dream would be to, you know, maybe settle there eventually. Yeah. Wow, and, amazing. Um, yeah, buy a cellar and start making wine there. And do you have a, a winemaker that you're targeting to work with? Yeah, there's probably about, I don't know, maybe 10 different producers there that I would want to work with and, okay. and that I like highly respect their wines. Mm. I don't necessarily know them individually. So that, yeah, to work with any one of those 10 would be a dream. And right. I've worked with one of those 10 already and I'll be going back to work with him this year. Fantastic. Oh, man. Yeah. 10 out of how many? How many producers in the Jura? Oh, there'd be hundreds. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. It's so a small each, region, right. but... but but it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of Olympic. small producers. Yes. <laughs> That's the, the difference. And yeah. what is it about those 10 that really capture your imagination? Yeah, well, I think they capture, you know, the imagination of the region. Yeah, right. They capture everything there is about a region that I find fascinating. So, and this is all about making, you know, wines that reflect a place. Yeah. Wines that tell a story about that place. And also something that's, you know, highly enjoyable mm, at the same time. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, I think they all encapsulate that in their own ways. Yeah. So working with them, it's a, it's a learning experience, but it's it's also a gateway into into a new world. Sure. Love yeah. it, love it. That's fantastic. And, and in terms of what you – if I were to ask, what are some of the predominant stories in, in the kind of flavour profiles, if you like, of mm-hmm. wine from Jura? What is it that people can taste – or look for. Yep, sure. So uh, there's a 
couple of components, and this goes through all wines. Okay. Yeah. The vineyard side of things and then the winery side. So in the vineyard, you're looking at, you know, climate, topography, soils, um, and then varieties. Yeah. And then the management of each vine on an individual basis. But in general, you're looking at soils and, and how they create with obviously sun um, and rain um, and the biology around them, the grapes that get harvested at the end of the season. And then you move into the cellar and it's all about the biology in the cellar. Mm. So there's a lot of, I guess, new producers and commercialised producers right. yes. in the world that add this, add that. Make the wine, I guess, as opposed to let the wine be made. Yeah, yeah. So where I sort of skew is towards getting letting the wine make itself. And so the right. biology in the cellar and around is so very important. Now, in Jura, uh, what makes Jura Jura is it's clay limestone soils. So it's what they call marl. Right. It's this blend of these two soil types coming together, so high in calcium which offers the grapevines a, a basically a lot of nutrients or availability to nutrients in the soil, yeah. which then grows healthy grapes. Uh, so that's one part of it, you know, getting that transition from soil to, to, uh, to fruit. Yeah. And then in the cellar, because biology in the cellar, your yeast, your bacteria and all that being in harmony and balance, that's also really important to the character profile in the wine, in the finished wine. So if you break it down and you look at primary, secondary and tertiary flavours in a wine. Taking notes. I know. <laughs> so your primary is your fruit. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's when you, when you taste a wine and you get a fruitiness, that yes. will be a primary characteristic. Okay. Uh, your secondary is your fermentation. So whatever the yeast create during that process, they're generally slightly more savoury elements right. but can also be Esters, for example, so smells of like banana. Okay, and, you okay. Know, yeah. That sort of side of things, right. right? Apples and all that. And then you've got the tertiary, which is the aging okay. of a wine and the characteristics that that brings out. Now, in that tertiary phase, there's not a whole lot of, you know, new world wines or, or conventionally made wines that go into that tertiary at all whereas Jura lives in the tertiary. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, and the reason I say that is because one of their wines, their most famous wine, which is called Vanjorn, a uh, yellow wine, it sits under a veil of yeast called Floor for six years-ish. What? Yep. So <laughs> okay. it's a barrel. It's in a barrel. It's right. not topped up to the top, yeah. so it's on ullage. Yeah. Right. It's got a headspace of, yeah. of air, and then this... This yeast grows because of the, um, you know, the biology in the it's cellar. Just wild yeah. yeast. Yep, wild, yeah. wildly. Yeah. Yep. They don't put a- stuff they in don't there. Put it, they don't add right. it. No. And it grows this floor, so it's basically a, a veil across the top of the wine. And this creates this characteristic, which is generally associated with, like, saltiness and nuttiness. Oh, wow. Right? Wow. So my question now is mm-hmm. how do you turn clove from orange into... Into Jura. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's the hard part. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just have a go. Yeah, yeah. You know, like anything, like, you know, you use the knowledge that you know or right. what you've got and then 
and work with it. So, but given that there's so much emphasis on the soil and topography mm. of Jura, how do you even work out which grapes to use, or or is it your vineyard in Orange, or are you using someone else's? Nah, somebody else's vineyard, right? So, how do you yeah. know which which grapes to use? Yeah, how they're managed, and yeah, those are decisions that are going to be quite critical, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like. So I make wine out of orange and tumbarumba. Yes. Okay. Yep. I would probably never attempt to make this style out of tumbarumba. Oh, okay. Um, so tumbarumba's on granitic soils, so granite. Yeah. Um, and just the, the wine structure is so different. Okay. So if you think about tumbarumba producing more wines like Chablis. Mm, yes. If we're going into France. Yeah. And orange probably more like Burgundy slash Jura. Right, right. Nice. So, how are they different? Just generally, generally, yeah. Well, they've got a lot of similarities, right? But generally, their soil types okay. are very different, and their rainfall is. Different. And that, what does it do with the flavor profiles? Yeah, so soil generally relates to what's available to the plant, right? So yeah. when you're in orange and you're in volcanic soils, which is volcanic over limestone. I'm stone coming back to the Jura side of right. things. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot more available nutrients. And so when you see the wines, you generally see Tumbarumba as a little bit tighter and finer right. and orange a little bit more robust. Mm. Fuller. Yeah, fuller. Yeah. Mm. So more flavour intensity in right. orange. Because we have to admit, you know, we've recently had your Tumbarumba, Clo mm. Tumbarumba Chardonnay 2021, I think it was. Yep. Oh my god, it was so good! It was so nice. So yeah, now I'm really excited yes, to try yes. its cousin from Orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cousin. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right name. Yeah, it could be sister, yeah, it could be cousin. Yeah, yeah maybe, you know, step brother. Step brother. Maybe. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Or they've just been fostered out. Yeah. Yeah. So look, happy for you to take the reins on this one and yeah. and walk us through what it is that you're pouring and what we're tasting. Yeah, sure. So. Clos Orange Chardonnay from 2022. And this is C-L-O. Correct. Yeah. 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 So it's like the pronunciation of Clo in French, mm. uh, which is spelt C-L-O-S. Oh, okay. C-L-O in Australian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this wine I was, yeah, I've always been inspired by Jura and this is, I guess, my take on, on that. So it sits for, I get I direct press it. It goes into barriques. Um, it sits there for six months and finishes its fermentation, both primary and secondary. And then I leave it on ullage, so untopped, for a further 12 months <laughs> where it grows its its floor. Right. And it was I was lucky because the cellar I was in was 16 degrees, 14 to 16 degrees all year round, which is fairly unheard of in Australia. Yeah. Because most people are a, a shed on top of their... Yeah, you know. it gets very, very, <laughs> very warm. warm yes. yeah. Right. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it without that temperature. But So I was lucky enough to grow a floor. Fantastic. And for the wine not to spoil. And, yeah. Is this, is this yeah. a one-off or do you try and make this wine yeah. every year? Yeah, I try to make this wine every year. Right. Yeah. Okay. And how happy are you with this one? Yeah, I love this one. No. Really? Oh, okay. No. I don't All say right. that many times about my yeah, own yeah. wine. I know. <laughs> Excellent. All right. All right. Let me go get some glasses. Please. <laughs> I'm excited, KJ. Yeah, I am very. Here we are. Oh, wow. This is like, <laughs> almost feels like presence of like greatness because, you know, yeah, we're, we're yeah. with the maker. We've never done this. <laughs> Not at all. Let's call it work. Yes. Let's call it work. That's right. Yeah, that's right. 
Okay, so what are we seeing in in the glass, Chris? Yeah, it looks like regular Chardonnay. You mm, know, like it does. It, it does have like a slight golden tinge, which yep. is an oxidative component yeah. Of, yeah. of wine. But yeah, it looks regular. You know, it's clear. Yeah, it's not it's cloudy. Golden. It's not cloudy. No. no, so it doesn't see any skin contact. Right. It isn't fined or filtered. Okay. And it also has no sulfur. So okay. it's actually got no additions at to all. It. So, so, so this is really a natural, natural wine. Very natural. Okay. Yep. Okay, I've waited long enough. Let's Oops, go. That's <laughs> it. We're out. We're out. <laughs> mm. Beautiful. Wow. What are you tasting? This is very different to the Tumbarumba wine. Yeah. When you mentioned the word tightness and the difference, mm. this is much fuller. Yeah. It seems to, I don't know about UKG, but it seems to kind of rest on the tongue mm-hmm. a bit more differently, almost almost there's a viscosity yep. to it. Yep. What can you taste? Really good. <laughs> I'm really, that's, I'm really that's nervous that's now to say what I can taste. <laughs> right in front of the winemaker. I'm right here. I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm right here. That's right. He's going to say, no, that's not Hello. it. That's not it. I'm here. <laughs> what, what can we taste, Chris? Tell yeah, us, you what tell can us. we taste? Yeah, I, I mean, I sort of described it before, um, talking about Jura. Um, I think there is a lot of nuttiness, honey character too mm, as well yeah. to it um, but more like that sort of wild honey mm. and yeah i think there's even a lot of like flowers like you know yeah they like honeysuckles yeah, yeah i was thinking yeah. orange blossom or something orange blossom as well yeah, yeah. it could just be the name you're thinking about yeah orange orange yeah there's an association <laughs> yeah. that makes it sound like i know what i'm talking about this is great chris yeah. great thank you Yeah, still stone fruits in there, but they're in yes. the background, you know, like all the, the salty saline stuff is there. Yeah, and along with like, you know, nutty sort of almond cashew kind yeah, of vibes. Cashew too. Yeah. If you were going to, I mean, I would drink this on its own, mm-hmm. but if you were going to pair it with something, what, what would you pair it with? Comp day cheese. Ooh, yeah, right. very specific. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you were quick on the draw. Yeah. Like, I have no, a feeling you've done this before. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very simple answer for yeah, me. It's a lovely um, comp day comes from Jura, so mm. Um, mm. and it's what they pair with their wines, mm. and it's it's just the best food wine match I've ever had in my life. It's yeah. simple, but it's it's the greatest. Oh, it's going to be going to be a run on comp day yeah, cheese yes. now. Yeah, Fantastic. you know I've got comp day upstairs. Have you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I should have thought about this. <laughs> it's okay, an excuse to come back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. How did you get to the point where you are making your own wine? So you've been running mm. the shop for some time now. Yep. You've been kind of living in the cave since you were fourteen, <laughs> uh, and then over time, uh, you've—I uh, guess—you've been given carriage of the shop itself. Yeah. And just a question on that. Yeah. Did, did you always think you were going to run the shop? No. No. Okay. <laughs> did, did you yeah. fall into it or what is it, uh, did you come to a point where you think, you know what, I could do this and I want to do this? Yeah. How yeah. Was your, what was your journey like? Yeah. So, I mean, it has a bit of a story to it. Yes. Um, oh, when, where to start? Um, I guess I finished high school and went to uni straight out of high school yeah. doing a science degree for yeah. no real reason except i love science and, and actually i can tell because yeah. you, you know your stuff and it's like wow <laughs> but i um i think I, I fell into loving beer and pub life and yes. social life at uni so i didn't bother studying and i didn't really you know got a bit lost in all of that yeah oh yeah the true yeah. university life yes. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um so a year later or a year and a half later i i pulled the pin on uni 
I actually started working full time in the shops, yeah, but just for a short period. And during that time, I went off and did my first vintage in the Barossa, <laughs> and then I just got the bug from there. And then I went to uni, studied three years for a bachelor of wine science. So that was three years. Sorry, um, and your so your Barossa stint was just. Mm. On a whim, we just thought, I wonder what that would be like. Or no, well, like I'd been working around the shops. Right. Yeah, life. yeah, I'd met people and right. so tasted wines. This and yeah, say, yeah, why not? I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I wonder how they make this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, and so found a winery that we were kind of you know, in touch with quite a bit. Mm. Shop, um, which was probably a good starting point. Yes, and that was just an amazing, amazing three months to go down there, see how it's done, and yeah. understand it uh, from at least one point of view. Did that, then, yeah, went off to study and did a whole bunch of other vintages during that study time, um, but also learnt, you know, the chemistry behind it, the biology yeah. behind it, all the things that kind of fascinated me and tried not to learn too much about, you know, the interventional side right. of it, yeah, which yeah. is really taught a lot at uni and really yeah. drilled into you. So how do you weave your way around that? Simply um, by ignoring what your lecturer is telling you. To you? <laughs> well, like, it's like any uni degree, isn't it? I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that was yeah. the only point that I'll take. I'll Everything take, else I'll yeah. ignore. Yeah. I'll remember <laughs> this for the exam, but after that, it's gone. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm going to do my own yeah. thing. So, Thank yeah, you. I learned everything and took on everything and studied yes. every part of it because I wanted to know why I wanted to do something yeah. and also why I didn't want to do something. Yeah, great. So that was that was really important for me. So I did that uni degree and yeah, worked with a whole bunch of other guys. After the uni degree, I thought I'd travel around Australia and the world doing vintage after vintage and like an, an itinerant winemaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically just hard, like dropping just like, in. It's yeah, basically yeah. just a really good experience and learning curve. Yeah, yes, for any you know young budding winemaker. Yeah, yeah. And so I got to do that, and then I was two vintages in, and I was in the Mornington, and the guy I was working for said, got this friend who lives down the road and he's looking to sell his property, but he's getting a bit old and he doesn't want to run it until he sells it. Would you be interested in looking after it for him hmm. and then taking the fruit? And um, Wow, yeah. what an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> so I, uh, I moved to Melbourne. I worked full-time at a wine bar. During the night times. Near Mornington or did you have uh, to go all the way up Melbourne? Uh, all the way. Oh, so you had to kind of yep. Oh, yep. commute. Like a trip. Yeah, yeah right. it's about an hour, an hour and mm. 15. Oh. And I, yeah, so I worked at nights there and during the day I'd go down to the vineyard. This vineyard was 1.4 hectares, you know, Pinot Noir, Pinot Munier, Pinot Gris. And, yeah, I ran the, ran the first vineyard that I've ever run then. So first year out of uni. <laughs> How'd you go? Good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give you a bottle of my first wine one day. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. Oh, it's pretty special. Yeah. Um, How many have you got left? Not many. Maybe like Oof. 24 bottles. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Happy, yeah. But, you know, Happy to buy. Happy to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a special thing. Yeah. So that was 2013. Right. Um, so I was, yeah, what was I, 25? Right. I think then. Yeah. Oh, you still a spring chicken, Chris. Still a spring yeah. chicken. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of the choices around the la- the no intervention, mm. you mentioned that. Did this shop always have that philosophy of minimal to no intervention wines, or is that something that you brought in? How did that come about? Yeah, good question. It's it happened more naturally rather than uh, yeah, definitely it was a more natural process, right? So 
we always focused on smaller producers. Yeah. Right. And generally what comes with smaller producers is that they care more about the land that they work and the produce that they produce. Yeah. Right. And that goes across any industry, I believe. And so just with going down that line of talking, you know, we had, you know, a winemaker come in, visit, show us their wines. Yeah. Talk about them, tell them how they were made compared to, say, somebody in a more of a commercial space. Yes. You know, the, the differences were stark, not only in the conversation, but also in the finished product. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine the passion and the energy. Absolutely. That someone who comes to, who actually is making the wine, telling you about the wine. Yeah. As opposed to just someone who's just selling the wine. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it's blood, sweat, and tears versus yes. money. Yeah. Uh, right. At the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so that's where it sort of started. And then, you know, during this, this time, you know, natural wine became a thing. It was never a term. Yeah. It was coined while we've had the shop. And the people we always supported just happened became natural be. winemakers yeah. and happened to be natural winemakers. They were that anyway. They were that anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So just movements come and go, you yes. know. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not dogmatic in the way that we look at wine. Like if somebody believes that their property or their vines need X, Y, Z and another producer believes that you know their vines need abc right then that's fine like we we think it's in you know, it's in their stewardship yeah, to yeah. cultivate what they what they wish and it comes down to the individual and whether they you know whether you can see that they care about the environment about the wine about you know everything who they sell it to yeah yeah, yeah. so in this shop just generally mm. would you know 40% or have met or 30% of the wine makers or what do you, what do you think? Australian wines because so our shop's about 50% Australian, 50% international. Okay. The Australian contingent, I'd say easily over 50%. Wow. Uh, but yeah, probably yeah, probably about 60 60, 70%. Wow, that's amazing. 60, it's, yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty high. It's for a very, yeah. very busy lifestyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do <laughs> a lot of tasting, yeah. right? <laughs> um, what a job. What yeah, a job. What a job. <laughs> uh, and internationally, I mean, less because yes, of course. You know, time yeah. spent overseas, but still probably 15, 20%. 20% yeah. of the wines you sell, you happen to have some type of relationship with the winemaker. Themselves, yeah. yeah it's that's amazing. A, that's yeah. crazy. And what yeah. edge do you, do you think that gives you in terms of what you're selling or how you're approaching the, the product? I think visiting a place yeah. is probably better than, say, having a visitor here. Mm. Um, like you can obviously draw heaps of information and knowledge from a winemaker being in the shop and, and telling you about their wines, but you never get a sense of it until you're there. Yeah. And I think that goes with travel and you know, yes. anything that you're learning, as long, if you're doing it, yeah. and if you're out you're there. You're immersed in you're it. You're immersed in it. It's like, it. okay, yeah. now I see. Now I get what now you I just said. It. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. 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 I can see the parcel of fruit where this wine comes from. Yeah. And I can see what you mean by this aspect and that aspect mm. and this contributing factor. And so being visiting the, the vineyards and the wineries is, is yeah. very important. Yeah. And there's a couple of things you've said, Chris, that, you know, as you know, we spend a lot of time just talking about leadership. But you've mentioned a word a couple of times that really interests me around uh, stewardship. You yeah. mentioned about stewardship. What is your philosophy, I guess, around stewardship? You know, the role of the winemaker, um, not only with the product, but with the land, mm-hmm. with the soil, with nature itself. Oh, how do you like to exercise that? Yeah. 
from a like you know strictly clove perspective yes wine it's yeah interesting question i think it's the landowner Mm. who has you know the ability to um, to control certain things about they get to control their decisions and their decision making and how they they choose to approach you know a season or their vineyard in general yeah and and i think it needs to really come down to and this goes across all farming just comes down to looking after the place that you've got and looking after the place that you've got it'll look after you Mm. so you know, you're looking after your vineyard and you do it in, I guess, an ecologically framed way, then then you're more likely to see it give back to you. So we all know like healthy soils produce healthy grapes. Yeah. It's it's that part simple. Like the doing it part is a is a bit more complex. Right. But I think that's the difference. It's just being being mindful that what you're putting in, you're gonna get out right. at the end. And and it's all going to be for the better. It's you know you're growing a tree, mm. like an apple tree, for example. Yeah. If it's in great soil and every like, microbe's really healthy, and then they're they're going to do their job, and then the tree's going to be healthy. Yeah, you, um, you know that everything you put into it, it, it makes mm, a difference. Makes a right? difference yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, apples. Apples. Because <laughs> we're still drinking. That's why I, it's. I got apples. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Yeah, not oranges this time. No, and they're like delicious apples or gala apples or something. They're not. They're not the Granny Smith type apples. Yep, yep. So it's good. good. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's all happening. Oh, yeah. This has been good, listeners. Clo, orange Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. What vintage? Twenty two. Twenty two. From Annandale Cellars. Yes, check it out. Slauncher. Slauncher. <laughs> so, Chris, look, thank you so much again for both your generosity with your time today, but also in giving us these amazing wines. We encourage all our listeners to visit you, acellars.com.au. Yes. But if you're a local, if you live in Sydney and you're local, you're in Booth Street, Annandale. Yeah. Easy to find. Amazing shop. Amazing shop. And we encourage anyone who's local to come and visit and say hello. Yeah, it is a journey just walking through the shop oh, and seeing it. all the different yeah, wines yeah. and I could wine live makers. In this, I could live in this cave. It's great. I could just great, nuzzle so. up over there and get myself into a fetal position for well, a while. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I can see you making a bed, yeah, so, thanks, so don't do that right now. <laughs> Chris, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate everything you're doing for us and you're helping us with. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how your dream unfolds. Yes. (laughs) Keep us posted. Love it. Love it. Love it. Slauncher. KG. Slauncher. That's it for our show today. If you liked what you heard, if you liked our conversation, if you want to hear more, please rate us, review us, subscribe. Tell your friends, your family, your enemies, everyone you know. As always, we'd like to hear your feedback about any particular leadership topic you'd like to hear about or want us to explore. Please let us know by reaching out to us at askusatleadershipdecanted.com. That's A-S-K-U-S at leadershipdecanted.com. You can also leave your comments and suggestions at our website at leadershipdecanted.com. We really appreciate your time and comments. Thanks for listening and come back next time.